Greetings gamers and welcome back for yet another episode of the G3 Podcast. It's your boys here in the house for episode 86 on April 29th, 2023. You are joined by none other than the one, the only... Known as Ice on All Things Gaming and Social Media, and rounding out the dynamic duo this evening, you have the infamous. <laughs> Mr. Mow Them Down Matt. What's going on, brother? What is going on? Uh, yeah, man. Glad I could uh, at least be here to give you somebody else to talk to this evening. <laughs> Sorry that uh, I guess we're... Switching on and off with Mark and I, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's about to be a solo show, and I was just like, oh, right, no, 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 I, I couldn't do that. I had to, I had to be here for this one. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be here to get some digs in. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, for those of you that do love joining us uh, and listening to some of the antics of uh, Ice and Mo, if you would be so kind, please feel free to like, subscribe, share with a friend, and we can bring you more of this lovely banter that's going to be happening this evening. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys. It was actually a relatively slow week with one or two major exceptions, and we're gonna we're gonna give some 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 due diligence to those topics this evening. Uh, starting right off the bat, there seems to be a lot of hype for this new uh, handheld. I don't even want to call it peripheral because it legitimately is a, a console that's going to be coming out here soon, and that is the ASUS ROG Ally. So ASUS ROG, or for those that maybe are somehow not familiar with that branding. It's the Republic of Gamers. Uh, it's Asus's specific enthusiast brand uh, of gaming, whether it be peripherals or, you know, mainline, uh, mainline uh, 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 pieces of equipment, be it PCs or, you know, what have you. Uh, they've gone ahead and they've been hinting for quite some time. They initially dropped the notice about it on April 1st of this year, and everyone was kind of like, ah, this is April Fool's thing. But Asus has since come out and said since the the ROG branding uh, or sub-brand went ahead and came into fruition April 1st, um, that was kind of why they chose that date. But since we've gotten a few more tidbits, and if you look on YouTube, uh, there are a couple you know heavy hitter uh, types out there like Linus Tech Tips who have gone ahead and gotten their hands on at least the prototype of this thing and essentially this is supposed to be the the Steam Deck killer um, it is a handheld PC that is meant to go ahead and provide you the same type of experience that one could expect by playing a handheld PC uh, and while information actual information from the company remains scarce uh, they're supposed to go ahead and have a a huge announcement about this thing on may 11th right around the corner may 12th supposedly is when the product is actually going to be released the folks that have had hands-on have gone ahead and i quite frankly have heard nothing but good things uh to the point where they're now some of the absolute latest news this one being sourced out of the verge literally yesterday uh there are some leakers saying since best buy is going to be like the main uh, storefront that is hosting the sales of this in the United States at least. Uh, there's some leaks posting to two different models. The first of which is a, a Z1 Extreme chip. So this is supposed to have AMD's uh, Z1 processor. It's built specifically for mobile gaming. Uh, and the Z1 Extreme 
I guess it's going to get you a little bit more bang for buck. Uh, but this model also has a 512 gigabit storage um, on the actual device. Mind you, both of these iterations are supposed to have an SD, uh, SD card slot available for expansion. Uh, but there is also going to be a vanilla Z1 uh, model with 256 gigabytes. The former of which, the, the Z1 Extreme being leaked estimated not not you know for sure yet at seven hundred dollars and the lower uh more basic i don't entry level entry level is probably the appropriate term there uh at six hundred dollars so uh when you look at the offerings that the steam deck has the three tiers the highest of which being six hundred fifty dollars uh and then going down to five hundred thirty dollars and then four hundred dollars for the entry model respectively um, this thing seems like it's aimed pretty much as Steam Deck competition and from everything that the people who have had hands-on are saying and from even claims from the company, this is supposed to have twice the power output uh, or, or power capabilities of the Steam Deck and it looks like it's going to provide a, a pretty decent option. I would highly encourage folks to get out there if they're interested in some competition for the Steam Deck to check this out and I'll, I'll just say for me, I'm actually kind of interested in this, Mo. Um, I went ahead and I previously bought a one terabyte SD card for use with the Switch, which I soon realized was complete overkill. <laughs> so I went ahead and I was planning on using that for my base level Steam Deck entry so I could just pay the, the for the cheaper version of the Steam Deck and upgrade it. But now, since I, I kind of backed off that one uh, in favor of waiting for a Steam Deck 2, hopefully with an OLED screen and a couple performance improvements, I, I don't know. This one, mind you, too, the Asus uh, ROG Ally is supposed to be Windows-based as opposed to the Steam Deck being Valve's native Proton. This this seems like a pretty appealing offer. Is this something that you'd be interested in? I mean, you, you're kind of barely in the PC space as it is, but uh, is this something that you'd be willing to shell out a couple hundo for? I, honestly, I mean, that, as far as the concept goes, that's more appealing i guess to me than the switch is right now though certainly a much more expensive option uh yeah i mean with pc there is at least a much greater library of stuff for me to play and in which i have interest in playing you know what i mean so uh, there is at least more of an incentive there to you know adopt something that i could use than you know elsewhere in the house or whatever to to play my stuff upon uh but uh, unfortunately, as far as the ally is concerned, I, there's one major drawback for me. Um, the, the Windows thing is interesting, but something you can achieve with the Steam Deck. Uh, but what the ally lacks in comparison to the Steam Deck is the trackpads. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's actually not like a small thing from my perspective. If you're supposed to be using it as a kind of more PC thing to play PC games, you should have something that will allow you to approximate, obviously not necessarily a keyboard, but a mouse for sure as a tactile input or whatever, as opposed to a joystick. And the trackpad things are how you achieve that. So I don't know. That's, that is kind of a killer from my perspective. So yeah, I'd maybe just wait for that Steam Deck 2 or whatever so you can, you know, get maybe some upgraded hardware, better screen or whatever, but still hopefully have the all the inputs that you want to try and complete the experience. <laughs> yeah, I would dude, I would love if, if we had an opportunity here on the show to get our hands on 
like like one of each and, and literally yeah. for a compare and contrast video right yeah so hey you know asus and uh, about if you guys are listening uh, hey you know if you guys are listening we're, we're on episode 86 you know, maybe for episode 90 maybe um but uh yeah no it, you have a point with the trackpad thing like I, I i don't know for me though if if i would be hard pressed like oh i have to play this rts on my handheld pc you know because um, i would imagine too unless you're like going super high on the graphical fidelity something that uses more processing like say an rts where you have to kind of constantly be populating the world or have an awareness of of where all the units are in the world and all the the compute power that goes into that would probably also draw a lot um so yeah to me i probably wouldn't be super inclined on rts's on that but yeah regardless you know, we're just talking about it. Um, it's still not official yet for the pricing on this one, but I think it's fair to say that options are good, uh, and we like having options uh, for things to play our games on. Uh, speaking of options, everybody will have the opportunity, if they haven't already gone ahead and picked it up, and have the option to play uh, Respawn's new Star Wars Jedi Survivors. So, the uh, game just came out yesterday, um, and... It, we got some kind of interesting feedback all around, right? So um, we're sourcing an article here out of, uh, uh, really out of game developer, but the interview with game director uh, Stig Asmussen went ahead and uh, happened via Bloomberg. But there was talk of how Respawn went ahead and quickly adjusted to uh, telework, uh, remote work, and went ahead and developed this game in just three and a half years. Uh, basically starting it from right around the time of completing uh, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And so it brings about a couple things. One, it's kind of a slap in the face to all these other AAA developers out there that take five, six, seven, ten years to go ahead and develop some of these AAA games. But at the same token, uh, as I kind of alluded to, at what cost? Because we've gone ahead, and, and I will say... Um, it's pretty positive right now. Last I looked at it, but on Open Critic, we're looking at Jedi Survivor having an 86 uh, Open Critic score, and I've heard nothing but good things overall. I definitely think this will be in Game of the Year conversation. However, I have also heard that there's a lot of uh, considerable optimization issues, particularly on PC, and there's a couple hiccups, stutters here and there. Um, insofar as the console play and, and some have even alluded, I don't know if there's factual data behind this. I didn't have the time to look it up that the day one patch ranges somewhere uh, around 128 gigs. So that, that seems kind of wild, but that being said, what, what are we thinking? Just overall thoughts on this one, Matt, I know the hype for this game has been, uh, through the roof. I'm definitely looking forward to playing it, uh, at some point, you know, once I actually play Fallen Order. Uh, but, um, that, I mean, literally everybody is rocking this thing with, you know, eights and nines, basically the, the higher tier of scoring. Um, is it, is it any surprise that it would have some of these, you know, a la Bethesda style glitches that we got kind of coming out the gate? Um, uh, no, I mean, not, <clears throat> not really. Uh, the first game actually suffered from a lot of these same issues at launch, uh, at least for a PC, which is, honestly, it's weird, right? Because if you, <laughs> if you ran into this the first time around, maybe you would have, uh, tried to ensure that you didn't have the same hiccup on the, on the follow-up, but, uh, 
beyond that, I mean, I'm sure that they will address those issues, that that stuff will get corrected. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine that the gameplay, you know, the quality of the story and everything is probably on par with the last title, and the last one was good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I am not shocked to see good scores, you know, positive reception with maybe some, you know, uh, I guess, you know, points taken off or whatever for the, the performance issues here to start with. I am a little concerned with the install size because I, unless the game is dramatically bigger than, like, like, like you know, larger, longer, whatever, there's more content runtime, that, that is, that's... That's a lot. I guess it, you know, could just all be the visuals or whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'll. It's definitely something I'll check out. I'm not super interested in uh, going after it for seventy dollars, unfortunately, um, which is kind of crappy of me to say. But uh, <laughs> that's kind of where we're at with the market here these days. Um, and I gotta tell you, I think you are. I mean, you may be correct that maybe it'll be a nominee or whatever, but it's kind of an unfortunate year for anybody who's trying to come to the table for the Game of the Year <laughs> award or whatever. It's it's gonna be Zelda, you know. Like, but Zelda mm. releases this year. There's no way, you know. Like, mm. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, since uh, a couple of things, since you talked about uh, mm -hmm. you know how the, how pretty the game is and fidelity for those watching the show. Finally, finally, I remembered, and we're actually we've got the some Rocket League B-roll on there for your entertainment purposes. So it's not just you know staring at the two heads talking kind of deal. Uh, but I also find it interesting, uh, Matt, how you mentioned uh, the economic times because that rolls right into our next story uh, that we're sourcing out of Yahoo Finance, talking about how Sony. Uh, has gone ahead and kind of cast doubt on how successful they feel the PlayStation brand is going going to be going forward this year. Now, so uh, a couple a couple little cues in here that we've kind of talked about before. Uh, PlayStation is the money maker when it comes to Sony. We've gone ahead and kind of looked at that, and it's broken down that it is the largest revenue earning. Uh, source within the company so this is not something that they kind of say lightly however uh, some of the higher-ups uh, during Sony's last earning call went ahead and pointed that uh, they expect an operating income of 1.17 trillion yen that's the equivalent of 8.7 billion dollars uh, in the fiscal year ending uh, March 2024 um, and they've got some below average estimates. That being said, they move on to say, uh, we expect a clear slowdown in the European economy and feel strong uncertainty on the Chinese economy, uh, said Hiroki Totoki, the chief operations officer, uh, further saying, quote, we're not optimistic about the outlook and remain vigilant, especially on the US market, which has the largest impact on our business, end quote. Uh, so this kind of comes in and, and takes a look at highlighting what we're seeing with the economy the world over, right? Where people maybe are a little more skeptic about going ahead and spending so much money on a $500 console or as we've kind of heard rumor mill, but nothing super official where uh, projected sales or anticipated sales of the PSVR 2 have even uh, been less than anticipated on Sony side to the point where there have gone ahead and been rumors about a price drop. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we would see that before like Black Friday or some some significant uh, 
you know, Eastern market holiday. Uh, but what, what are we thinking here? I mean, is this, I, I imagine this is pretty much to be expected uh, and that we don't really have a lot to comment on. It's, it's the economy. It's the way it is. People aren't really out there trying to buy a, a $500 console to then go ahead and, excuse me, purchase more games. Is that, does that sound on par for you? Yeah, I mean, I I can't say that I disagree with that. They also, yeah, we're noting that yeah, people just are buying less games in general. But I mean, that's you know the the impact of your your subscription service stuff. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I the the down uh, I guess decline whatever in their expected uh, income was not a huge huge figure it just was unfortunately a you know a lesser figure than what they uh, i guess had projected previously so uh I, i'm not sure if they're expecting a huge huge drop here but yeah uh time will tell you know only so many people can buy them they're still expecting around 25 million console units sold so i mean that's still pretty pretty decent uh, yeah i mean it's nothing to sneeze at <laughs> right uh so yeah it's is what it is. But I think the gotcha here and the, the difference between some of its major competitors out there. So they're talking about, uh, again, another quote here. This is from uh, Hideki Yasuda. Uh, it's a Toyo Securities analyst, so analyst over in uh, Japan. Uh, Sales of the hardware are increasing on par with Sony's plan, but the momentum of software, the lucrative part of the game business, remains weak. Uh, this is... Yeah shows PlayStation users are not buying new games, end quote. So again, um, even if people are going ahead and they, they can go ahead and muster up enough money to go ahead and, and buy this, you got to have the PS5, it's the best thing, But which I, I think there is a great deal of hype behind that, right? Like It's kind of like we saw uh, during the early parts of the pandemic, scalpers were just going ahead and, and scooping these things up by the dozens yeah. only to then try and turn around and be selling them for... $700, a pop, and people yeah, are still paying for it. And now yeah. it's like, oh, I have no more money to buy games. Go figure. Mm -hmm. um, right. So it also kind of leads into, um, you know, the other piece here. I was trying to make a better segue, but it, it fell out of my hands there. Uh, well, talking about the... Well, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah so, I mean... It could also just be like, you know, it's kind of a quarterly report or whatever. They haven't really had any major blockbuster stuff drop specifically, you know, that recently or whatever. So, because it could, could be a result of that as well. Uh, and I, and my bad, I forgot to comment on the uh, price drop thing or potential for that for the VR thing. I don't know if I'll see or if I expect that we'll see like a huge price reduction, excuse me, but. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do the bundle thing that we discussed. I don't know if they were already doing that or whatever, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it was maybe, you know, I'll get the console and the thing for, I don't know, a thousand bucks or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of their strategy with some of the uh, some of the PS5 sales as of late, right, was bundling it with God of War or if they bundled it with Horizon uh, Forbidden West. And so yeah. they, could, they could go ahead and say, oh, you know, we sold this many copies. Yeah, but you kind of force people to go ahead and buy the console with it um yeah. which you know I'm, I'm sure people were going to be inclined to do it anyways but for both of those games if memory serves they're ps4 playable um so to go ahead and, and be touting that they you know made this this extra sale 
but they did it kind of in, in you know a sneaky way. I would not be surprised if they go ahead and they kind of do the same thing where they say, hey, you know, we've got uh, a, the... Actually, they already did, now that I think about it. They already had the PSVR 2 uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle. Um, so if we get to see... You know, maybe a gooder, a good, a gooder, a better price on that going forward, or maybe we'll see a couple other bundles. I don't know. Are we thinking? You know, I've heard a lot of traction and, and folks really saying, "Oh, well, if you had Half Life Alex on there, uh, people would go ahead and would probably be far more inclined to scoop that up." Do you think there's any possibility whatsoever of a Half Life Alex surprise bundle coming out? Oof. I don't know. That, I mean, no, that would be cool, but <laughs> no, I don't know that. Like that. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I, uh, that that would be awesome, but yeah, no, I don't know that I expect that. I, I'm not sure that there's any real huge partnership there or whatever. Where's the, you know, like, the yeah, to do that. So. Yeah, I mean, quite uh, frankly, seeing as how uh, Sony does have an investment in Epic Games, which. Yeah. you know we all kind of right. know you got the Epic game launcher which is kind of the direct competitor to, to steam so it's like oh yeah, yeah i don't know if that would work over too well however i will say that we have definitely seen sony go ahead and money hat uh quite a few deals in the past and and so if they could yeah. if anybody could make something work out it's probably them um speaking of money there's a lot of money still left on the table moving right on into our next and, and probably the biggest story of the week that everybody heard uh, the CMA went ahead and made a decision to uh, vote against or block the uh, Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition. Um, and so there's there's been a ton of stuff that's come out about this. The, the biggest takeaway is um, there's two quotes that I want to cite here coming out of the C uh, CMA. One being, Quote, Microsoft has a strong position in cloud gaming services and the evidence available to the CMA showed that Microsoft would find it commercially beneficial to make Activision's games exclusive to its own cloud gaming service, end quote. And then there's a further one here. Where are you? Quote, Microsoft engaged constructively with us to try and address these issues and we are grateful for that, but their proposals were not effective to remedy our concerns and would have replaced competition with ineffective regulation in a new and dynamic market, end quote. And the, the new and dynamic market that they're referring to is cloud. <laughs> so a lot of people who are, are tech savvy and who have kind of been following this uh, went ahead and were going, hey, what the hell are you talking about? Like this, this was kind of left field. Everybody was more or less expecting um, that this was going to... Uh, you know, come come to a solid approval, um, and I'm trying to to find it right now because there was a lot of allusions um, to how much this actually mattered. And if you'll help me, uh, vampire for a minute, Matt, while I try and find some of these numbers. But the bottom line is, this was kind of left field. Nobody was expecting this to happen, uh, and it got pretty ugly pretty quick. Where um, Bobby Kotick, you know, the, the Activision Blizzard, the current Activision Blizzard CEO, you know, went ahead and, and retorted a message that pretty much everybody involved had said that they're going to go ahead and they're going to uh, appeal this to the, uh, I guess it's the UK uh, Markets Tribunal. I don't know exactly. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that actually came out about this that I wasn't really tracking myself. 
insofar as on top of Bobby Kotick's uh, remarks, um, Brad Smith, who is the Microsoft, uh, what is his actual title? I always have a hard time with his title. Um, he is the president. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty simple, yeah, but you know, there's a lot yeah, of different like, positions over there. The president? Yeah, there's, there's a lot like of different like chair or something. So. Yeah, chair and president. Um, but so he went ahead and uh, he went on an interview on the BBC uh, and had quite a few things to say. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba, where he, he said, dude, he said a lot of wild stuff. It was pretty, uh, in short, uh, in the interview, he said, this is bad for Britain. Yeah, it's the <laughs> darkest days in Microsoft's relationship with the UK. Um, he went ahead and said they're obviously very disappointed. Um, this, in light of everything, and he highlighted that in light of uh, how the UK has progressed or not progressed post-Brexit, uh, that this is not a vote of confidence for any tech trying to move into um, the UK and... and you know, do startup business there, which let's be frank, like Microsoft's not a startup there and I'm not sure right. exactly <laughs> what he was going for, but <laughs> yeah, it, these little fish, Microsoft, yeah, and Activision, but it, it, it almost seemed <laughs> like, it almost seemed like <clears throat> big dog waving the stick kind of deal because he highlighted in his, uh, you know, remarks how, um, Microsoft has relationships with the UK in government, in military, in a number of its business sectors, uh, almost to the point where, it was like we're not we we're thinking about not playing ball anymore, and that was pretty, pretty wild statements. Um, I'm not gonna say whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but then, somewhere uh, shortly after that, the uh, UK's prime minister uh, they had their spokesperson go ahead and make a statement, uh, and we're sourcing this one out of Game Rant, uh, but there it, you can find it just about anywhere. I'm trying to find the actual quote. Ba, 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 ba. Here we go. Uh, so they said, quote, those sorts of claims are not born out of the facts. Um, <laughs> I think this decision shows actually how important it is to support competition in the UK and that the UK is absolutely open for business. Uh, end quote. And there's another part in here. The part that really like opened my eyes that I was like, whoa, wait a minute, was... It was actually the UK Prime Minister's office that went ahead and highlighted that the CMA it is basically non-governmental entities. These are more or less like volunteers who went ahead and got involved to kind of determine the facts and, and make these recommendations on behalf of the government. And for the life of me, I can't find it again, but there was one quote um, that really stuck with me. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, it, it basically said... Um, I don't know why I can't find it right now. Uh, but it basically alluded to um, the UK Prime Minister's office was going to engage with Microsoft uh, and was going to more or less work with them through this appeals process. And th this could kind of go either way. Um, you know, we're trying to invoke emotion out of written word here. But my take on it was... This is this could potentially lead to an overturn because when you have the big dog like Microsoft coming in here saying, you know, we've got billions involved uh, in the UK economy um, on multiple levels. And, you know, here we're trying to have multiple more billions of dollars. And 
your non-governmental governmental agency went ahead and just told us no and they're not speaking based on evidentiary you know factual information then this is you know this is just bad for business period um and all together and i'm going to pass it off to you here for a second i know i'm kind of throwing you a whole bunch um and this was also followed up by yet another 10-year deal that Microsoft uh, signed with Nware, that is a Spanish uh, cloud gaming company. And, you know, it's kind of wild because all the Microsoft people are going, we are full, including Phil Spencer himself, tweeted, we are full steam ahead on our goal of trying to get gaming, you know, to as many places as possible. Um, this, this, this one, unfortunately, I think everyone was kind of really excited uh, and, and on the edge of their seats to wake up and hear the decision that, yes, it's approved going forward. And then now everyone seems to be kind of scratching their head going, what the hell? Because when you talk about cloud, like that is a, a relatively juvenile market uh, everywhere, you know, everywhere in, in the games industry. So the fact that you guys are basing this on and, and essentially saying that you're penalizing Microsoft and Xbox for having a quality product, a good product in the form of Xbox Game Pass, every, everyone's kind of sitting there going, yeah, this is not right. And I would almost say it's going to be a repeat of when Microsoft uh, spoke to them and said, hey, your numbers are wrong. We don't actually, that's not how the math works out. And the CMA recanted, although that's not really going to be the opportunity here because they have to go for appeal. What What are your thoughts kind of on all of that fat to chew on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... I man, I was trying to look it up earlier and I couldn't find anywhere that said definitively has the EU actually officially made a ruling yet at this point. The EU has still? not. No, the EU has yeah. still sometime. I didn't. I didn't next think month. so. Yeah, I, I thought they had delayed it again at the most recent thing. Um, so yeah, there's. I don't know. I, I, I'm very interested to see how it goes from here. It's extremely uh, kind of exciting now at this point because. The FTC is already, you know, they're, they're going to take this to trial or whatever here, stateside. Uh, the UK is now, you know, went to block it. And if the EU does the same, I don't know, that's that's a lot. You know, like that would be a lot of uh, core business locations for, uh, you know, for Xbox, I guess, specifically. Um, yeah, that would, that would hurt them. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. But yeah, they're certainly going to appeal as far as how that will go. Honestly, I think that's going to depend on the trend, right? So, like, yeah, if if UK ends up being the sole uh, holdout, if, if, like, the FTC loses here and the EU approves it, that if Microsoft, you know, just pulls out of the UK, honestly, I think the UK has more to lose there than Microsoft does, which is kind of insane. Uh, but so like they could just go ahead and move forward with it or whatever and I I think public, you know, pressure or whatever would demand another appeal, if you will. Um uh, yeah, I don't know if the EU and the FCC, you know, the US, uh, the EU and the UK or a united front and, and blocking it, I I don't know. It it might not really go forward. So we'll uh, we'll have to see, man. I don't know. It's uh it's gonna be interesting to watch. 
So. Yeah, I'm trying to. Oh, man, it is it is killing me that I'm trying to go ahead and find this. So it, it was Paul Tassi, uh, who is a uh, a writer for Forbes, that went ahead and cited a couple things here. Uh, first off, he pulled a quote from uh, the CMA's findings with, and highlighted. We do not consider that the agreements Microsoft has entered into with NVIDIA, Boostroid, and Ubitus change this as we consider there is material uncertainty around the scope, terms, and enforceability of these agreements. They also apply only to a few existing cloud gaming service providers rather than the full spectrum of actual and potential rivals. So here's here's on that one, I want to contribute a little bit more thought because like that, I went ahead and I took the time to look up uh, and my sources, you know, for reference were websites, How to Geek, PC World, and Tom's Guide, uh, where I tried to find what are the top cloud gaming services out there. And it came down to uh, five names, really four were, were predominant, and I believe this is by population of users. Uh, and this is in no particular order, with the exception of the fifth one, which is kind of more of an honorable mention because I only found it on one source. But it's Xbox Game Pass. Uh, GeForce Now, PlayStation Plus, and Amazon Luna. Uh, Shadow, which is another cloud streaming service, was that kind of that honorable mention, uh, but it was only found on one site. But by and large, most of these sites, when I said, hey, basically, what is, uh, and I'm looking for numerical versus, you know, revenue generated that's reportable, what are the top cloud gaming services out there? And so it's pretty much par for the course of what you would expect. It's Game Pass, GeForce Now, PlayStation Plus, and Amazon Luna. And so looking at that Paul Tassi quote, it kind of blows my mind that you've got, um, you know, the CMA going, oh, competitive competitors and whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm not going to go ahead and want to openly put my game services, like to me as a business, if I was a business, I don't want to help my competition get a leg up by putting my stuff out on their service like even if it does have the potential of going ahead and getting me some type of income but then that's still kind of a moot point because xbox has gone ahead and signed that deal with geforce now uh with nvidia to go ahead and bring xbox games to geforce now including activision games if this uh you know deal came through to the point where now nvidia has gone ahead and even spoken up and says they are supporting microsoft in this appeal because it actually helps their service to get, you know, more of these titles. PlayStation Plus, with all the, you know, rancor and everything that went down between PlayStation and Xbox, uh, particularly over, uh, or I guess I should say Sony and Microsoft over, like, the Call of Duty title and, and IP and what was going to happen to that if this deal closed. I sincerely doubt, even though I'm pretty confident that in the 10-year deal that Microsoft put forward to Sony during this, this whole process, it had some justification in there talking about adding some of these games to PlayStation Plus. Uh, mind you, to date, PlayStation has not signed that deal. Sony has not signed that deal. So really, now this is kind of, you know, Leo's uh, future nastiness. I, I'm, I'm like, dude, if you guys want to put us through the ringer uh, with the courts and, and do all this and fight us on this one, if the deal was getting ready to close and you didn't sign that 10-year agreement, I'm damn near going to go ahead and pull everything that I can from PlayStation because you just made my life a living hell just trying to get this done. And when we look back even further, who is it that Xbox said their competition actually was? They weren't talking about Nintendo. They weren't talking about PlayStation. They were talking about the Amazons and the Googles. So for them to go ahead and offer their services 
uh, or their games on Amazon Luna, that is, you know, once again, a direct, you know, bridge across the bow to the competing service that they're trying to basically go ahead and go neck and neck with. Because you got Azure, which goes ahead and forms the backbone for Xbox Game Pass and Amazon Luna uses uh, Amazon Web Services, AWS. So, right. yeah, why, why am I going to... I just don't understand um, where the CMA is coming from. And for the life of me, I'm trying to, to add a little more context to this. To, to show how <laughs> silly this argument is on the CMA's part, I'm really just trying to find this because Paul Tassi did a great job uh, of further going ahead and highlighting. <laughs> he said something super... Ah, here we go. Uh, so his quote on the same day on April 26th, he, he tweeted, Ah, yes, cloud gaming. The 1.72 billion portion of a, checks notes, $180 billion industry. The minuscule nature of cloud as it stands compared with the greater games industry as a whole is kind of, again, scratching head like, CMA, what the hell are you thinking? Not to mention, here they talk about for any future cloud services to come in, Matt, I'm I'm just gonna hand you the mic and and you can uh, let's let's treat this like a uh, like you're on the stand. How much is it gonna cost you to go ahead and set up your own cloud gaming services and acquire you know at least some level of traction where you're gonna be able to to keep your head above water as a business? Uh, I mean, quite quite a lot, unfortunately, and that's just kind of the nature of things anymore these days. But uh, and uh, yeah, I, oh sorry, go ahead. No, and I mean that, that, and that's just literally my frustration, right? Is it takes billions? I'm not even going to say millions. I'm pretty confident in saying it no, takes it's close to billions. billions to set up a cloud service with any level of traction. And here the CMA is talking about, hey, all those same deals that Microsoft made previously with these cloud services. Excuse me, I had a cough there. Um, you know, they they are they're inconsequential. Well, you're going ahead and you're saying they're inconsequential because. Why? Because they're smaller services, these same smaller services that you're saying you want to provide opportunity for in the future. Like their, their logic just doesn't even make sense at face value, no? Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, like... Go ahead. You can gloat. Hard. This is this is fair game. You can go ahead and gloat right now. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not difficult for me to uh, imagine a scenario in which... You know, yeah, we're gonna you know give uh, give these ten year deals to these other services or whatever, uh, because frankly, I mean, as of right now, like that's that's kind of my projected time frame, and I imagine that's how Microsoft is looking at it too, and may, it may or may not be, I guess, right? Um, but maybe the CMA is also anticipating that. Okay, hey, so even as we have discussed previously on this show. I I think that cloud gaming is definitely the way that, you know, the the way of the future in that regard. Uh, and and all of the subscription models and everything that everybody's trying to push and move into it, it is also very heavily supportive of kind of a cloud gaming thing because it keeps you tied into that ecosystem and everything and uh, yeah, has that that very much seems to be the way of the future from my expectation, but it's going to take some time to get everybody there globally. Okay. The internet infrastructure out there to really support that. That's going to take some time. A decade seems like a reasonable guess at uh, developing a large enough framework to really support the huge investment, I guess, to 
try and push a global cloud service. But so Microsoft could easily, you know, make these partnerships with these smaller companies. Not sure about NVIDIA right now, but they're just trying to look like a good guy uh, within the term where they think, you know, okay, well, we'll see how these smaller companies do within these regions where they exist and have their, you know, uh, data bank set up or whatever their server bank set up. And if they're doing well and successful, then we could just scoop them up or whatever. And now they're part of Xbox, you know, uh, cloud, Azure cloud. Um, and it is funny because, you know, uh, you're like, even even as you read it and, and we're processing that in the discussion here, you're like, <clears throat> Microsoft notes that their competition is not Sony and PlayStation, but is, you know, Amazon and Google because it's all about cloud and, you know. Uh, you're like, and then the CMA well, is like, well, we have concerns over cloud, and where the hell are they getting that from? And it's like, mm, well, I mean, let's, I, guess, let's, I guess from Microsoft, unfortunately, Microsoft kind of played their hand. And let's be clear, and let's be clear, I did not say because of cloud, right? My, my assertion, um, and this is opinion, because all Microsoft has said, and that was kind of when they had a back and forth, like I think before this deal even started, and PlayStation was you know, rattling the drums. Um, Microsoft was trying to basically like, I guess, you know, do a little little corporate uh, corporate wordplay and say, hey, you know, PlayStation, the current console market or something is not our competition, it's these guys, which I, I would say, yes, you could infer <laughs> that that is because of cloud. However, it's when, a, when we see, yeah, when we, well, I think it just comes down to market cap. When you're talking about, and this is, sorry, this is going a little bit away from, from game talk here, right, guys? Um, but when you're looking at it, how many of these companies that we're talking about have the opportunity to try and buy an Activision Blizzard? How many of these companies are even in the world of having the opportunity of possibly buying an EA or Ubisoft or a, a 2K? It's not PlayStation. It's not Nintendo. It's Amazon and Google. The guys with all and and freaking Apple for that matter. The guys with all the freaking money. And so, I think while I would love to sit here and and you know hold up the green shield and say I'm championing Xbox because I I want to believe because I do want to believe in their notion of game preservation and everything that they don't want a, or Tencent for that matter. Right here we go talking about money that they don't want uh, a lot of these games going to these other companies because they're not going to be on the side of game preservation and you know they may go in line with censorship and some of this other stuff i i don't think that comment should be inferred as specifically pertaining to cloud i think we can infer based on what you said that cloud is the way of the future but again we look back to the question i initially proposed to you is how much is it going to take to set up a good quality cloud service a oh, lot yeah. a lot of time a lot of money a lot of infrastructure that ubitus I'm, I'm not trying to be disparaging ubitus probably doesn't have nware probably doesn't have nvidia sure nvidia's got some opportunity there right um and to your point should we then go ahead as one region that being the cma and penalize microsoft for the opportunity that may come about in the future where they say, hey, Ubitus or Nware or any of these other cloud services, you guys look really appealing. Let's go ahead and incorporate you as part of the, the greater portfolio of the company. I think that could happen regardless of the CMA's decision, right? So it's like, 
kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't type here. And I don't know. I, I, I don't want to keep ranting on about this, but it just really like that's the type of thing that perturbs me because I genuinely feel like the CMA had it out for this deal and wanted it canceled from the get-go or blocked from the get-go. And once more of these facts come out and, and come around, it's not going to, it's going to kind of make them look embarrassed. Like, like they don't know what the hell they're doing over there, which then I kind of feel for the UK as a whole. And I won't, uh, again, I didn't mean to sound so disparaging here, but uh, I, I don't think this was the right way or at least the right premise that this decision should have been made on. Mm. I don't know. Uh, for me personally, I, you're overjoyed. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm not thrilled by the prospect of the potential merger, or I guess the potential prospects resulting from the proposed merger uh, myself. So uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I, if if Microsoft is able to control all that IP, uh, you know, once I guess that's. You know, once that ten-year deal is done or whatever, if everybody's moved beyond consoles and everything, and they're like, "Cool, well, now it's just our streaming service," or I don't know. Um, yeah, who knows? We'll see. But here's another. It, it'll be it'll be super interesting to see, like I said, what what all happens with this. I yeah. If I'm being honest, I I didn't think that anybody was even going to offer any resistance. Uh, you know, let alone the FTC and the, the CMA. So. Yeah. Well, um, and there's still we'll there's still a couple out there. Uh, as we said, the FTC is suing to block it, but there's a lot of internal politics here associated with that decision. That I've already talked enough about politics. I won't go on any further about that one. Um, but uh, it it definitely begs the question of it, is the FTC actually gonna stand ground on the case? And I I think it'd be very interesting again considering the the Brexit connotation that was brought in here. If the EU goes ahead. And whichever way they side, and if they do go in uh, in decline of the deal, what they're actually sourcing as the reason for that. I'll be really interested to see that, especially, like I said, the EU and UK kind of split there. But uh, that is enough about that one. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. We're kind of ranting and, and raving over here. But the, the bottom line of why we bring up this topic, you know, we don't have any real say in, like, how this is going to go about in the future. But we want to let you guys kind of know our opinions on the matter uh, based on the facts at hand. So uh, that let means... Let us know so, your opinions. Yeah, let us know <laughs> your opinions. Let, uh, a matter of fact, let us know your opinions on what you guys think of uh, uh, some of this this other footage that I'm going to put up here before we move into the end of the show. Uh, we apparently missed uh, a little bit of news where Ubisoft went ahead and announced uh, a theatrical trailer. I think that's the cinematic trailer um, for... The upcoming release of Division Heartland, which I believe is coming out this summer. So this is going to be um, a free-to-play. I want to say this one's the free-to-play. The The free-to-play is uh, Division Resurgence that's coming up on uh, iOS and Android uh, mobile phones. Um, Division Heartland, I stand corrected. I believe this is going to be a full-blown uh, title that's coming to uh, all the platforms uh, we'll see here at the end of the trailer, but um, as we look at this one and, and we'll move into the next trailer, uh, which is another announcement, which is free for any of you that own Division 2, uh, Descent Mode goes ahead and brings you back into the world of Division into uh, a simulation, in a sense, where you 
Okay, kind of, dare I say it's a, I don't want to say roguelike, but you, you go through waves and waves of enemies and you take the opportunity to enhance your gear, your play style, etc. So you can go ahead and maximize your playthrough of uh, other, uh, presumably the, the mainline game mode. Um, Matt, where, where are you at on temperature as far as Division stuff? I feel like you fell off quite some time ago. It's one of yeah. my more favorite franchises, even though I haven't played it in a little while. But yeah, I mean, is this is any of this new Division universe uh, gameplay going to go ahead and bring you back in at all? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. That it's, it's funny if we were doing something else this evening, but you, you, of course, brought up Division now. Uh, and now the rocket. Sorry, I'm just switching our videos here so we can now watch uh, Division 2, <laughs> the Descent Mode trailer. No, you're good, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll give it a shout with you guys. Uh, but yeah, the, the Division just never really resonated well with me. It was just always weird for a Tom Clancy universe game or whatever to have the particular the tactical bullet like, sponge RPG <laughs> fantasy-ish elements in it that it did specifically just the bullet sponge thing I mean I understand it you know what I mean I understand that they went with that style of combat or whatever to make it more of the looter shooter whatever kind of game but oh my god that's just that was frustrating for me and it, it just felt so weird you know because all the all the other trappings were to try and present this thing as realistic as possible or whatever like with every other top fancy game realistic as possible i guess uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, i don't know yeah it is uh i guess they have kind of gotten away from that but yeah it's just that that always just felt weird to me it just it it, it was a uh what do they call it the whatever business uh but yeah it it was just jarring to be like oh let's get all kitted out and all this super specific gear and whatever you know let's try and be super tactical and then it's okay <laughs> we gotta you know empty 30 magazines each into this big bad guy to get him to go down or whatever also we gotta throw 100 grenades and blow him up with you know drones or whatever i don't know it's just i don't know and then, of course, that, that all felt plain then because it was like, okay, so we do have to kind of approach this as more of like a RPG-ish type kind of a, you know, combat thing or whatever. But then my, my powers are I throw an explosive at him or I set a drone, you know, set a, you know, turret down or whatever to shoot him or whatever rather than, you know, be some spellcaster or do whatever other crazy stuff or whatever, you know. I don't know. <laughs> It's, it is what it is. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll, I'll drag you back into that with me so we can go ahead and have some of that tactical yeah. gameplay. But if, uh, if any of the Division stuff is not for you, again, uh, Descent Mode is coming out here with uh, Year 5, Season 5, um, the content release. So look forward to that as a free edition. Um, but speaking of free, uh, you're also free to go ahead and partake and listen in on our... Uh, Greatest favorite section of the show. Release Radar. <laughs> so, rounding it out, uh, as we said, Star Wars Jedi Survivor just came out yesterday. If you haven't got an opportunity to play that one, uh, you know, as, as Mr. Modem Down alluded to, it is a $7 price point. However, 
Um, I, I am pretty confident it's going to be one of our Game of the Year contenders by what I'm hearing. Uh, so coming out right around the corner here in May, we got Age of Wonders 4 on PS5, Xbox Series, and PC May 2nd. Redfall coming out on Xbox Series and PC May 2nd. Super Dungeon Maker on Switch and PC May 3rd. Ravenlock on Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, why Why they didn't decide to do Jedi, uh, Jedi Survivor on May the 4th, I don't know. Um, yeah. Darkest Dungeon 2 coming out on PC uh, on May 8th. Uh, we've got ooh, uh, YS9, Monstrum Nox on PS5 May 9th. And then Lord of the Rings, Heroes of Middle-Earth on iOS and Android May 10th. And we'll kind of stop right there. Uh, but definitely, guys, as we look forward into uh, the rest of the year, we've got we got some banger stuff coming out. So of the titles that we just mentioned, Matt, obviously Jedi Survivor, one of interest. What else, if anything, are you looking forward to here? <laughs> Man, uh, I kind of blew through uh, most of the following week there, didn't it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that, that Dungeon Maker actually is almost kind of intriguing, but that wouldn't be something I would do for quite a long time, if ever. Um, I don't know the the Star Wars game. I mean, I that's gonna be a while, but that's definitely one of interest for me. You're gonna buy first, uh, got it? <laughs> I, well, I I I'd like to you know wait for like a sale or something. Uh, I I don't need to wait I'll, for it to hit EA Play or whatever because that was I was gonna say, and I'll I'll tag. How long on. do you think it would wait for? Like, how long do you think they'd wait to put that on there? I mean, that would be at least a year or something, dude. I so I mean, let's let's. Let's think about it for a second, though, right? Um, I want to say, oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot here. I gotta try and find when it came out. Um, Cause uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, on PlayStation Plus. Now, mind you, that's not on the system that we share. January of this year, Jedi Fallen Order was one of the free games that dropped on PlayStation, right? Uh, yeah. and so mind you, that's free. That was just to, to own as long as you have a subscription that wasn't as part of EA, uh, was it all access? Yeah. Um, play. Yeah. Yeah. Fall in order on EA, EA play. You, no, I need EA all access. Is it all access or EA? It's just EA access. Um, ba, 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 ba. I don't know if I'm going to get a definitive date on when it joined there, but I think it's safe to say um, that it went ahead. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Okay, so November of 2020, Jedi Fallen Order joined Game Pass from what I can see here. And if I wanted to also double check. Okay, so Jedi Fallen Order came out... November of 2019, it hit Game Pass as part of EA Play a year later, um, November of 2020. And so make, make of that what you will if you want to be a thrifty gamer like us um, and, and second guess whether or not you want to drop the $70 <laughs> because of economic times. Not because you're cheap, but because of economic times, guys, right? Um, let that right. be kind of kind of your benchmark, <laughs> right? Let that be kind of your benchmark. Um, and on, honestly, you know, I I wouldn't feel any kind of way about it except that 
they've set that precedent already, right? EA has set that precedent of like, hey, we're going to put out this game. And then in like six months, the thing is going to be on sale. So it's kind of like, why? Like, I get it. I get it. You're trying to go ahead and make some sales right off the bat. But it kind of goes to like, if you ever try and buy a piece of furniture in the store, like my wife used to work for Lazy Boy, right? Um, and so if you ever seen Lazy Boy prices, you're like, oh, okay, that's some nice furniture. But then if you're an employee, it's like a 50% discount. So then you're sitting there going, well, certainly there's, they still got to make, be making some type of profit off the employees. So how much is the furniture actually worth? You know what I'm saying? So that, that kind of begs the question, that, that kind of begs the question then of like, how much, I know we're talking like millions and millions and millions, but like, that's the part that frustrates me, honestly, is I feel like, especially if these games are going to come out $70 off the gate, and then in a matter of like six months, it's like, oh, it's 50% off. It's like, why wasn't it the 50% off price to begin with then? Like, and I know that's market forces, whatever. Anyways, Matt's going to buy it for us and we'll talk about it, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, cool. So um, as for me, I, I don't, sorry if I kind of cut you off there, Matt. Um, as for me, though, yeah, Jedi Survivor, um, I, I don't feel fair starting that, though. Uh, like I said, before I finish Fallen Order, I'll have to see how long yeah. it'll take to do a Fallen Order playthrough. <laughs> Even though I'm told that there's like a recap in the beginning of the game, so you wouldn't have to have played it. Yeah, order. it's still. I mean, but, if you have the game, there's yeah. no reason not to I mean, play I, it first. <laughs> I, I, I've got the game on like four different platforms, so I should probably play it on at least one, right? Um, other than that, I think it's safe to say I, I'm on the Redfall train. I may be the I'm, only I'm one. I'm looking forward to Redfall trying it out. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, I didn't get to finish. I guess my. I'm best sorry. Go on. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Redfall, yeah, is something I, I'm assuming that we will, you know, have to check out and try out. Um, not sure yet, I guess, exactly how I'll feel about it or whatever, but I'm sure it'll at least offer some fun, you know, go up with your homies is always, you know, uh, better than that, I guess, whatever. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, since you kind of went ahead that far or whatever, uh, Darkest Dungeon 2 is, is something I'll have interest in checking out this is coming out on pc for now but i'm assuming it'll you know come out elsewhere eventually i, I mean you just you just gonna get yourself a steam deck and then you can really enjoy it right yeah uh <laughs> and then uh age of one age of wonders 4 i don't know that same deal i'll be curious to see when that'll come to game pass it's it's another paradox thing or whatever they've got their partnership established yeah. now or whatever so yeah uh it's actually a lot going on, just not stuff I'll check out real near to. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah, at the... Because of the economy, not... Because of the, because of the economy, not because I'm <laughs> cheap as... <Right>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, for myself, sorry I cut you off there, but yeah, uh, Jedi no, Survivor. <laughs> Jedi Survivor is... Uh, very high on that list. Redfall is very high, but again, because it's coming out on Game Pass, that I'll probably get mm -hmm. rocking in that sooner. Um, otherwise, uh, I'll go into um, the what I've been doing, what I've been playing part. So uh, I uh, am still trying to get adjusted with the new job piece. Not that anybody cares about that. Um, so I try to go ahead and have my my retreat and my respite that is games. Um, and so I went ahead and I finally did the new game plus playthrough on uh, Horizon. Zero Dawn, finished that, so I am 100% with that game. Uh, I deleted it so <laughs> to make sure I can't go back into that world. However, I did go ahead and start 
uh, at least my initial playthrough on Horizon uh, Forbidden West. So uh, I didn't get very far in that, got to do a little bit more uh, playing uh, Overcooked's All You Can Eat Edition with uh, Wifey and we're getting we're about halfway through Overcooked 2 and I've got almost all the trophies so I'll be getting that platinum here soon enough. Um, went ahead and been playing a little bit more Minecraft Legends. Uh, started that uh, with Mr. Snipe 90 and then just schedules and whatnot. We kind of split apart on that one. Maybe uh, Mr. Mow Them Down and I will play some of that tonight. We'll see. Um, bop, 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 bop. What else? What else? What else? I'm getting hyped for a unnamed Nintendo game <laughs> that's going to be coming out a little later next month. Um, but I did at, at uh, Mark's... Uh, Mark's influence, go ahead and get uh, Kirby... Oh, crap! What's the Kirby game? The party game. Uh, I'll, Kirby I'll, party game. I'll, I'll get to the title here in a second. But <laughs> Matt, uh, what... Oh, and known as Ice on All Things Gaming and Social Media, of course. So, uh, Matt, what what you've been doing, what you've been playing, working the people still not find you? Uh, that's right. Uh, um, yeah, can't find me. Uh, Mom down on Xbox. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, you got a Steam I, account I too. Know, man, I would, well, that's true. Uh, that misery. Uh, yeah, I, I really haven't been playing much, man. I'm, uh, dabbling of a couple of Rocket League games here and there. Uh, without me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it's quick and easy to pop in for a couple of rounds or whatever. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I haven't really been playing all that. She, she, Played some, you know, Hogwarts or whatever today. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did update some stuff. I I uh, downloaded uh, Minecraft Legends, so we can try that out. I installed Valheim or kind of same deal there. Uh, updated Forza uh, Horizon Five. I got that uh, sound bar or whatever. I wanted to kind of check that out and see. How okay. It's, how okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't really played a whole lot. Looking forward to getting into something. <laughs> okay. Uh, and just to double back real quick, that was Kirby's Dream Buffet that I went ahead and I purchased uh, uh, on the recommendation of Mr. Uh, Snipe90. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a weirder name than just Kirby's Party Game. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's that's quite literally what it is. It's a Kirby Party Game, and, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm getting really back into Kirby. I'm, I'm working on... Uh, when I have the opportunity, I'm working on trying to finish out my playthrough of uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. Um, and I'm getting real close. Mark's almost convinced me on uh, buying uh, Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe Edition. Because that, uh, that, is, that is very appealing. When you look at all of the stuff that's packed into that title, holy cow, dude. Like it, it, that's, that's worth the price point there, right? So... Anywho, uh, this turned into the Nintendo podcast all of a sudden. But uh, <laughs> that is because we are Gaming's Greatest Generation. We love talking about all things gaming on all different platforms. Is uh, uh, no love but game love kind of deal, right? So that being said, guys, feel free to like, subscribe, share with a friend. Game love. Now that, that that's that's gonna be that's gonna be Matt's sign off. Get ready for the game love. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, with that, uh, like, subscribe, share with a friend. You know, get us out there to more eyeballs and ear holes. And uh, we hope to go ahead and, and spread this love and talk some more about games. And maybe we'll go ahead and finally uh, get an episode where we can get some fan feedback and uh, participation in the show. That being said, this has been episode 86. We'll go ahead and we'll catch Let you guys. Know. What do you think, Mark? Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> With that, guys, we'll catch you next week. Remember, gaming's greatest generation is the one you guys are a part of.